0: We are back. We want to note here in the third segment the passing of a legend of uh, of cooking and, and television, Julia Child. Passed away last week, just a few days short of her 92nd birthday. And we thought it'd be good to have uh, someone who knows cooking in the media, uh, KDVS's very own Madeline, the hostess of cooking with Madeline right here every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. And so um, without further ado, Madeline.
1: Hi, I'm glad to be on to say something about Julia because she had such a great influence on me as she did on so many others who came up with black and white TV.
0: Well, tell us about how she influenced you.
1: Well, uh, it's really kind of interesting because I was impressed with her style, which was very carefree and she could make mistakes and not apologize and just... (laughs) Have a good time, and then, when I finally came to read her cookbooks, I realized she was such a classical cook, and the recipes were quite uh, quite hard to follow and really? and very uh, uh, very um, strict i mean she was she was not a cavalier and and offhanded cook at all. She was of course classically trained, but cordon bleu, but she was She was so free and easy in her manner i I thought something didn't quite jive. so i threw out all the classical technical stuff i worked on a few four or five page recipes and i said well that's enough of that and
0: really four or five pages
1: started to well for some more complicated recipes yes but then i started to figure out what the keys were and how you could modify them and make them simpler and have still have a good time but i did take from her her good spirit but let me just tell you how broad her appeal is by mentioning a couple of clips that I came across one of them is in, in our own Cal Aggie a little uh, interview with the arts editor and uh, or one of the reporters I don't even have his name I just have the little quote yeah uh, what is a question and answer format and and the uh, interrogator says tell me something bad and he says Rick James died very sad. Rick James and Julia Child both died. I mean, he's probably I don't know 1920. Yeah. Well, and he... then, and then we have another another uh, comment in the Chronicle in Leah Garchick's column uh, talking about a Chinese restaurant that Julia Child frequented. I think it was Chinese, no, Vietnamese. In the city. Yeah. yeah. And um, the quote from the um, the man who answered the phone was an immigrant, and his English fast and loud was broken. He admired child, but he wasn't going to get mawkish and sentimental. Quotes, she have a good life and good everything, he said. Our lives were terrible, but her life was perfect. She gets rich. She got everything. Okay, that's all. Goodbye. <laughs> so two different um, impressions.
0: One thing I noted, I just want to throw in, that when I was back at the the Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. last year, they had a picture of a young Julia Child. Evidently, she was an analyst that did work for, I guess, the OSS, the CIA in her youth, which I thought was an interesting little aside to her life. Yes,
1: and her husband, Paul Child, was something of a poet, and I I tried to find this wonderful sonnet, which I had framed in in my kitchen for many years, but I, I no longer have it around, and I couldn't find it. He'd written a wonderful a wonderful sonnet. Oh, Julia, Julia. Hmm. And it was just a beautiful thing, and hmm. I bet you could find it online if anyone was interested. You could probably dig and research it. It's probably well, Our odd. listeners
0: are good at that. They probably can, can go and, and do exactly that. Before you go, let, let's plug your show a little bit. You do, you do some cooking right here on KDVS every week.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we don't do any actual cooking. We're not even allowed to eat in the studio, but <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about food and how to make it, and how good it is to actually use real food instead of everything in the package and and uh, we get the word out to people who, who might be interested and uh, actually this season I'm going to take off my gloves. I'm going to be hard. I'm going to be very hard-nosed about it. I'm not going to say, well, it's okay if you want to eat junk food some of the time. No, it's not okay.
0: Well, I think that's good advice indeed for the students at UC Davis that probably should uh, pay closer attention to their diet.
1: Well, I. I I'm sure they're going to get it eventually, but uh, this is a good place to start.
0: All right. Well, Madeline, keep up the good work. Uh, Every Thursday morning, we'll try and listen in ourselves and learn a few tips so we can eat
1: better. Well, thank you very much. It was nice talking to you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: All right, one thing that's... that's kind of nice about uh, a free-form radio station such as KDVS and and a program like this is that we can take a minute sometimes and just pull a story out of thin air. Here's one that, uh, an item that was sent to me months ago that I wasn't sure uh, when and where we might insert it, but let's hit it today. You may have seen this email. It was about how the country has changed in the past century and compared 2003 to 1903. And I think we ought to take a minute and just, just Just for the heck of it, go through some of these. U.S. statistics for 1903. The average life expectancy in the U.S., 47. 14%, only 14% of the homes in the U.S. had a bathtub. 8% of the homes had a telephone. Here's one that really fascinates me. California was the 21st most populous state with 1.4 million residents which put it behind Alabama, Mississippi, Iowa, and Tennessee in terms of population. In 1903, a competent accountant could expect to earn $2,000 per year. A dentist, $2,500 per year. More than 95% of all births in the U.S. took place at home. Most women only washed their hair once a month, and when they did, they used borax or egg yolks for shampoo. The three leading causes of death in the US, number one, pneumonia and influenza, number two, tuberculosis, number three, diarrhea. Canned beer and iced tea hadn't been invented in 1903. In the United States, one in ten adults couldn't read or write. Only six percent of all Americans graduated from high school one century ago. It should be noted that the corner drugstore was a place where you could obtain marijuana, heroin, and morphine over-the-counter. In fact, uh, there's a quote in this article from a pharmacist of that era saying that, quote, Heroin clears the complexion, gives buoyancy to the mind, regulates the stomach and bowels, and is in fact a perfect guardian of health. Heroin, if my memory serves me correct, uh, correctly, was invented by the Bayer Corporation and originally marketed as a cough syrup. And uh, it was a darn good cough syrup. There were just some other problems associated with its use. Uh, i.e., certain people with addictive personalities uh, got hooked rather badly, um, rather quickly. Two other stats that I think might be worthy of pondering are the following. 18% of households in the United States had at least one full-time servant or domestic one century ago. And finally, there were only about 230 reported murders in the entire United States one century ago. I suspect that last statistic is skewed by the fact that uh, there were probably a lot more unreported murders uh, than made the official rolls, but nevertheless, 230 I believe in Sacramento County. Each year, we can count on about ninety to hundred homicides. I don't know. That just comes out of nowhere. But I think it's it's good to look back uh, now and again. It, it helps shape how you look forward. And before we go today, I'd like to take one final look uh, forward. Um, again, returning to "Running on Empty" by Peter Peterson, and quoting from his letter to a rising generation, which is which is very which is very unusual that Mr. Peterson, someone of, uh, of my parents' generation, is writing a letter to people of uh, the generation of you students here at UC Davis. But I like this paragraph, so I, to, I want to air it. Citizenship means looking out for one's neighbors and giving a hand to those less fortunate. But it also means understanding the big issues of one's time, seeing past the hype and spin, and working together to hold political leaders accountable. Your time is coming, and when it does, your generation, like every generation, will get the government it deserves. If it is distracted by pseudo-issues and gridlocked by special interests, it will be because too few of you paid attention and made your voices heard. A good sentiment, I think, for this election year. Thanks again to Peter Peterson for coming on this program, and thanks to KDVS's very own Madeline Kennewick, whose Cooking with Madeline, can be heard every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. right here on this very station, although I think Madeline is still taking her vacation. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This uh, program was produced by Edward McMillan, and I'm Douglas Everett. Stay tuned for Todd, and um, we'll see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock.